Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Come on, somebody, let's stand to our feet. We're gonna worship today. No matter what you're going through, let's focus our minds and our hearts on the Lord. Whatever your battle is this morning, just remember the battle belongs to the Lord and it, the war has already been won. Amen. Come on, put your hands together with us. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain As I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you.
Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. Are you grateful that we serve a victorious, undefeated God? I just want to remind you as you step into the house of the Lord today, if you step into this moment together, let us be reminded that we serve an undefeated God. And he's undefeated. How many would say that there, I can identify there's a battle or two that I would love to see God deliver for me, win for me on my behalf? Come on, look around the room. I want you to know that stepping into today, into the house of the Lord, into the presence of God, is the best decision you could make for that battle that we're facing. So we are standing right here. We're making, this is a statement. Just even coming to church today is a statement to our God, but also a statement to the enemy. We're not giving up. We're not retreating. Come on. Let's just have a little testimony service right here. Just a few seconds. I'm not giving up. I'm not. I'm not turning back, I'm not retreating. I'm standing on a firm foundation today. So if you're standing in need of a victory today, we just invite you to extend your hands toward the heavens right here in this moment, if you feel comfortable to do so. God, you see the hands and you know what exactly what they represent. I pray for every individual in the room, whatever they're standing in belief for today, I pray that victory would be theirs. I pray for deliverance. I pray for healing. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for redemption. I pray for restoration. I pray for peace. I pray for hope. I pray for joy. In the name of Jesus, we stand on a firm foundation today. We thank you, God. Lord, we choose to build our life on you. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that we would stand in this moment together and that even just by virtue of being together and being in the presence of our God, Lord, that faith would arise to believe that all things are possible and that nothing is impossible with our God. We love you. We shout your praise in the sanctuary. We shout in victory. Before we even see it, we shout in victory in Jesus' name. All of God's people shouted amen and amen. Come on, how about a victorious shout of praise?
gather together, uh, let's remember that, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus who puts us in a place to overcome the things that are keeping us down, that, uh, man, gives us the opportunity to break free from the things that are keeping us back. You know, that's what Jesus wanted the disciples to know when he gathered them together for the Last Supper, and that's what he wants you and me to know right now, that he's the way, that he's the truth, that he's the life, that whoever believes in him has the freedom to break free from the past and to grab on to your future. So he gave us the bread, which is his body, and it would be broken for you and for me so that we would know that no matter what, he could make us whole again. So when we eat, of the body of Christ, do it in faith that in your life, nothing is missing, nothing is broken, that in your life, he's making it complete. Let's eat of the body of Christ together. Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. There is a power in the blood of Jesus. His blood is a resurrection power. His blood is a redemption power. As you drink this cup, let His resurrect, resurrection power resurrect what is dead in your life. And let His redemption bring you back to His glory. Let's drink. So family, let's stay locked into the power of his presence in this moment as Manuel Romero comes to seal our time of communion with the Lord's Prayer through song.
give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever family and a special welcome to our first time guest. If you are a first time visitor, please scan the QR code that you see on the screen, text your number, or visit one of our team members after service. We will love to connect with you. Our Stars and Strides run is coming around the corner. If you are interested, sign up at the amphitheater after service or visit cathedralfaith.org slash events for more information. It's time to get our run on. Through the month of July, we are reading through the book of Proverbs and we are encouraging everyone to join along. 
One chapter a day keeps the devil away. Follow us on social media for daily encouragement and weekly mini devotionals from Pastor Ken as he shares about his favorite proverb from that week. It will be a great time to grow and listen together as a church. We cannot wait to go on this journey with you. Well, Cathedral family, that wraps up our announcements for today. Stay connected with us through the week by following all our social media platforms, visit our website, or visit our office. We will love to stay connected with you. Well, we are a church where anything is possible and where the love is definitely lived out. Until next time, bye-bye. Oh, thanks, Miss Anquisha. Well, happy Sunday. Good morning, everyone. It's so great to be together. Millions of people around the world gathered today to worship God, to be strengthened and encouraged. And we're joining those millions of people, and we pray that you'll be strengthened and encouraged today as well. So wherever you are watching online, it's great to have you with us. Those in Morgan Hill who are watching, all around the building, so glad you're online and on campus. May God bless you in the sanctuary. May, may God bless you in the amphitheater. May God bless you in the parking lot. Amen. May God bless you in the coffee shop. Amen. May God bless you in the lobby. Amen. May God bless you everywhere. Amen. And speaking of going around campus, we're gonna go over to the Malta right now to see our COF kids. They're over there worshiping Jesus. They're over there exalting him and loving him. So hey, let's take a look over there. Hey, COF kids, it's great hey. to see you guys. All right. Hey, Miss Anquisha, anything you guys want to say to us today? Oh, hey, Dr. Wayne. So good to be here. Here at the Children's Ministry, with the help of our leaders, our teachers, and our students, we are able to push the Word of God in a creative way. Because here at Cathedral, anything is possible. And the love is definitely lived. Oh. <laughs> we see you. Have a All right. <laughs> Let's hear it for our COF Kids Ministry. Special shout out to all those people who serve faithfully to make sure our kids know the word of God. In fact, you could be part of that great group. After service, if you'd like to be part of serving our children out in the foyer, there's a place to sign up and be part of this great opportunity and great ministry. Well, you heard Miss Anquisha mentioned in the announcements about something coming up this coming week. It's called the Stars and Strides. Now, let me tell you something. It says run, but let me tell you something. See this? This qualifies. For some of us, that's running, okay? You don't have to be a runner. In fact, we have people who come out with their canes and walk. Isn't that right? And so let me show you a secret. It just came out. Everybody from Cathedral who runs this race is, or walks this race or crawls this race is gonna get a Cathedral Strong medal to wear around your neck. Are you Cathedral Strong? Well, we'd love to have you join us, so sign up today after service in the amphitheater. There's actually Dad's Root Beer and cookies out there, too, so go sign up, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday at the Stars and Strides. Well, talk about seeing you. I just want to remind you that Pastor Kurt and I are going to be taking a group of people to the Holy Land in September, and Israel just made a major change. I know some of you are saying, 
well, I can't go because I'm not vaccinated, but Israel lifted their restrictions. Anybody can go now. You don't have to be vaccinated. We have about three or four more positions available. We'd love to have you join us and have your life radically transformed by being in Israel. So we encourage you to join us. Call the church office for more information. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime, and I'm so excited about it. It's one of my favorite things to do is to pour into you for those 12 days, and it's going to be a great time of blessing. Well, in Proverbs chapter 11, we read these words that are written in verses 24 and 25, and it says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. How many of you like to have a larger world instead of a smaller one? You know, there's one thing that you can see. Stingy people are grumpy. <laughs> Generous people are happy. How many of you want to be grumpy? So, and the way to combat that is to be generous. And in fact, I'm going to get ready to say something here. I'm going to say, it's time to take the offering. And what I want you to do is clap and cheer and scream and, and, and be all excited. It's time to take the offering. See, you're happier already just thinking about it. Just think what happens when your world gets larger when you actually give. And there are many ways you can give here at Cathedral. You can go to our app. You can go online. You can text the number on the screen. The ushers have envelopes they pass out. And at the end of service, we'll collect that offering. And those of you online, you can write out a check and mail it to us to do any of those online options. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. It's time to take the offering. All right. Well, what a blessing this weekend to have Manuel with us. What a powerful ministry of the Lord's Prayer. Amen? Just speak something deeply into your heart. And Manuel's coming once again to minister the life of Jesus to us. Let's open up our hearts to receive as he comes. Long road, and I've been through so much through the years. I've had a heartbreak, heartbreak. I keep reaching for you through the tears, thinking I don't know what's up ahead. I don't know how it'll end, and I know that you got a plan for me. Stepping out into the weeds, haven't stopped walking by faith. Whatever comes, I will still be deep. The story's not over yet. You got it under control. What would I've done, but I know you designed. The story's not over yet. You've written every word. Oh, in my life. The story's not over yet. I found your goodness through pain. Found your mercy down Oh, the story's not over yet, let's go. Not over yet, 
you started, you will complete. I believe because you always. Come on, praise God this morning. I believe that you. Oh, 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 I believe what you started, you will complete. I believe every broken thing will be redeemed. I believe. cliffhanger. You may not know how this chapter is going to finish, but the story's not over yet. Amen. Let's give thanks to God. He's still writing our stories. And thank you, Manuel, for that powerful ministry. Amen. Please be seated. We've been in a series called Breaking Free. It's a powerful moment that God's been using to help us see how our story could change. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm excited about when we get to heaven is all the stories we're going to hear. Imagine Abraham telling firsthand what it was like, King David telling us his story, the story of Mary, each one of them telling stories for eternity of what God's done. And today, you're about to hear a really amazing story. It's the story of a man whose life should not be where it is right now, orphaned at a young age, trapped in addiction, struggling in so many ways. God rewrote this man's story in a powerful way. And we are gonna be blessed today to have our dear friend, Charles Knuckles, with us. He's been part of San Jose for many years, leading city team. He's been a friend to Cathedral, a friend to many people for so long. And he's coming today to bring the word of the Lord to us in this Breaking Free series. And so you're about to be infused with hope. You're about to be encouraged. You're about to be strengthened. He, he is a licensed drug and alcohol counselor. He has worked to see many people set free from addictions. He loves the Lord. He loves his wife. He loves serving. He loves spending time behind bars. And by that, I mean bicycle handlebars. <laughs> and you're going to love him today. Let's welcome Charles Knuckles as he comes to minister to us. Good morning, family. How you doing? Good, good. So I want to tell you a little bit about myself and about a book that I wrote called Made Clean. Um, so I'm, I was a founder of a um, nonprofit, CEO of that nonprofit. I was also a director of a place you might have heard, the City Team Men's Program, right up the road. Um, 
I was a minister, a chaplain, and a custodian. But it all started out with a man in need of a breakthrough. And as Pastor um, Wayne had said, I was born in North Philadelphia in an area called the Badlands. And uh, it was real, you know, the poor people that, I have nothing against the foster care system, but the poor people that got us, my sister and I, um, really cared more about getting money than they cared about us. I was so hungry, I used to, at five years old, I was eating food off the ground and out of trash cans. And if you were walking around eating a bag of potato chips or something, and you look behind you, I'd be following you, hoping that I would get a chip or something. That's how hungry we were. And North Philadelphia is pretty bad. I saw my first murder. I was in kindergarten, and we were on recess, and a man was chased down by a rival gang and killed in front of us. And I thought, okay, that's the way it's going to be from now on. I want you to come with me and read the scripture. We're going to read a scripture from Acts 3. And Peter and John went up together into the temple in the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid there daily at the temple, which is called Beautiful. He just asked for alms for the poor, and of everyone that entered the gate, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. He gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which had happened to him. So there's a lot that's going on at the gate, and I want to introduce you to my mother, which I have no visual remembrance of her because she died when I was two years old. She moved up from South Carolina to North Philadelphia trying to find a better way of life. And you can see in the picture that she was dressed in a flimsy jacket while my sister and I were bundled up, you know, nice and warm. And that would be the last time that we would know that kind of sacrificial love. You see that little jacket she has on? And I got my hands in my pocket because it's cold, you know. And uh, she died from pneumonia soon after that picture. And we were sent to an orphanage in North Philly. And that's when we 
really got to know what hunger was and um, just neglect. I remember foster parents telling us, you're not our kids anyway. Um, nobody cares for you. And that's not a message that a five and six-year-old kid should, should hear. But um, we went from foster home to foster home, and it was always like that. And so we got into this one foster home, which was right outside of the city, right outside of West Philly. But it was still row homes and stuff, but it was clean. And for the first time, I had a clean bed to sleep in. I ate regularly. I never had steak and nothing like that. I didn't have steak until I joined the Navy. But, <laughs> but we had food. We had hot dogs and hamburgers and beans. And I, and I thought I had landed in a, a, a home made for TV and that one day the beaver would stick his head in and say, hey, Wally, you want to come out and play? <laughs> so I was 13 years old when I was taken to hear Martin Luther King. Now, we had been doing um, sit-ins because we weren't allowed to eat in restaurants, at Woolworth restaurant. And I had been doing that and um, getting dragged out and spit on and kicked and, and, and um, getting my picket signs snatched out of my hands. And suddenly, we got to see Martin Luther King. And I was there at 13 years old, and it was such a clamor that I worked my way through the crowd to hear his voice more clearly. Always look at this picture and try to find myself. Couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden, he broke out of his, his address and went into an unscripted part, I have a dream. When <laughs> He gave that dream to this 13-year-old boy who sat there and looked at him and marveled at him, and now I had a hero. And I did well in school. I started getting, doing really good, getting good grades, doing well. I had a reason for hope through him. It was in 1968, I was a senior in high school, and a lot of things were happening really fast. I was a senior in high school. I was aging out of the foster care system and soon would be on my own. And Martin Luther King was shot in May. And it felt like that bullet went through him and into my young heart. And I remember saying the words, they will never let me be anything. Now, I didn't know who they were, but I just knew you know, every time I tried to be something that I met this powerful resistance, um, picketing, I, I got hit and, and kicked and spat on. And I remember uh, Miss Molly, the lady that led us, always said, Charles, do not return evil for evil. And I was thinking about punching the guy that was hitting on me. But I didn't because I was inspired in nonviolence. I was also inspired that there was hope. But when that bullet killed Martin Luther King. It killed the hope in me. I remember picking up a drink for the first time in my life. I was 18 years old, and someone brought some alcohol to class for um, a rehearsal for graduation. And I drank, I drank, I was an instant alcoholic. You know, that feeling 
of oblivion, that feeling that I didn't have to feel, that I was a zero person, that I didn't count, that feeling that I was a nobody, went into that bottle, and so did I. So I was just like going from room to room, renting rooms, and my life was going nowhere. So I joined the Navy, and in the Navy, I got introduced to heroin. It was coming over from Vietnam. It was during the Vietnam era. And when I took my first dose of heroin, I thought, this is the oblivion that I want to be in. I don't want to feel ever again. I don't want to feel like a loser ever again. I, my life just spiraled out of control. I ended up in um, Chester, Pennsylvania. And I was eating at a place called City Team. One day, um, I was living in this building that you'll see now. It was my um, abandonment. It was deluxe abandonment, believe me, on the first floor. My suite was near the back of the house where there still was some roof, some protection from the rain. And, um, and I had companions that were German cockroaches, rats, and one squirrel in particular that I used to bring food home from city team to feed the squirrel. We would have to share it because he kept trying to get into my tub. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna have to leave him some food out. And we had that relationship for a long time. One day, I left this abandonment, went around the corner, and I brought three bags of dope. And I was walking back, and, and I must have brought the dope. It was rival fractions. I brought the dope off of one fraction. The other fraction took offense. And as I walked by them, they start laughing. And I was used to people laughing at me because by this time, I had no teeth. I was about 150 pounds. I was dirty and smelly. So I was used to people laughing at me and avoiding me. But when I got a little ways away from them, they shot me in the back of the head as a joke. And I remember hearing them laughing as I went to the black. I woke up in Chester Crozier Hospital and I asked the doctor had they taken the bullet out. And he said, we're waiting on specialists, son. I don't even know how you're awake, but you're just gonna have to wait. And I looked across the emergency ward, and I saw my bloody clothes, because when you get a head wound, you bleed a lot. I saw my bloody clothes in a heap in a pile, and somehow I knew those three bags of dope were still in there, so I'd start taking the catheter out. I took the intravenous out. I got dressed, and I was walking out the hospital, and this little five-foot nurse was bouncing up and down, saying, you can't leave, Mr. Knuckles, you can't leave. It's so animated, and um, I left anyway. I, they got me to sign that I was leaving against medical advice, and I went back to my abandonment, and I did the drugs. But oblivion did not come this time. What did come was the voice of the enemy saying that you are a zero person. Those kids were right to try to kill you. You don't deserve to live. So I fashioned a rope to the ceiling. I put it around my neck, and I stood on a chair, and I stepped off with full intentions. Now, I was in the Navy, I know how to tie knots, but it had to be a visit from Jesus. In 312 East 9th Street that day, 
because somehow my neck got out of that noose. And I don't remember walking the five blocks that it took to get to this recovery center, city team. But I remember my next waking moments was at that front door, and I walked in, and I scared the you-know-what out of the receptionist. She thought it was the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and she, got, she literally got up from her desk and started backing away from me, saying, you can't come in, mister. I'm the only one here. The staff are in a meeting. You have to go away and come back. <laughs> I said, lady, I can't leave. If I leave, I'm going to die. And I remember the sit-ins we used to do. And I sized her up, and I said, well, I know I'm only 150 pounds, but she probably can't lift me. So I'm going to sit down. And I sat down. And just as I sat down, a door down the hall opened, and a guy stuck his head out. It was the director of the program who I had seen before because I used to go there and eat, and he would be across the cafeteria watching me as I was on a mission to steal all the food that I could. I had like Mission Impossible music going on in my poor brain. And I'm like putting donuts in my pockets and everything. And he's catching all this. So I didn't know they wanted me to have the food. You know, I, was, you know, I stole everything. So <laughs> they wanted me to have the food. He was just looking at me. And so when I saw him walking down the hall, I thought, this guy's going to kick me out. You know, he's physically going to pick me up and throw me in, in the street. And when he got on top of me, I stood up, and he did the most amazing thing. He hugged me. And he hugged me for a long time, and, and I just exhaled, and, and my knees went weak. And he whispered in my ear, we've been waiting for you. I got into the program, and I was willing to do everything that they asked me to do. And one day they lined us all up and asked for a volunteer to clean the bathrooms that the homeless used before meals. And it was like a really dirty bathroom. So just like in the Navy, everybody stepped back, and I was standing there. <laughs> I didn't have the sense to step back. As a matter of fact, I raised my hand, and I said, I'll clean that bathroom. I was just so grateful. I started cleaning that bathroom. One day, I was on my hands and knees cleaning the floor because there was something disgusting behind the toilet. And I realized that God was doing in me the same thing I was doing to that dirty bathroom. He was cleaning areas out of my life that had not been touched. I, I, I immediately wanted this God. I wanted this breakthrough. So I said the most awful, terrible prayer that, you know, preachers would probably laugh at. But I said, I don't really know you, but if you just let me in your crew, you know, I was still street. <laughs> if you let me in your crew... I'll be the least of your servants. I even went on to make a deal with him. I said, I'll even clean bathrooms in heaven. <laughs> you know, they say in a lot of clinics, I'm a, I, I'm a um, licensed clinician, and a lot of clinicians say to people that are trying to break through addiction, 
don't worry about cigarettes, just focus on the big drugs and, and cigarettes are too tough to break. But when I stood up, I looked down in my pocket and I had cigarettes in my pocket and, and Jesus said, yeah, those two. I went out and threw them in the dumpster and I have not smoked a cigarette since that day. When Jesus gives you a breakthrough, nothing can hold you back. So in the Midwest, there are these things called cattle grates. And cattle grates are, they're going to show you a picture of a cattle grate and a horse that got caught in the cattle grate. So they dig out the ground, and then they put these big metal grates on top so that it, it, it blocks the animals from getting out. And if an animal comes there and one steps on it, he'll get caught like this horse. And the rest of the animals, especially cows, will see that and they will lock that in their brain. I don't want that to happen to me. So these cattle grates are really expensive. So the ranchers found out that they could just paint white lines to resemble the cattle grates. And the cattle and the horses will not pass those white lines. Even though they can, this is not a cattle grate, it's white lines. They won't do it. The next generation won't cross. There's absolutely no danger, but they won't cross. The next generation won't cross. They don't know why they shouldn't cross, but they just won't cross. It's the same thing with people. For me, for many years, I wouldn't cross until my breakthrough. There was no danger there, but I just wouldn't cross. And then I was so grateful at City Team. I was cleaning the bathroom, I was cleaning the floors, and the church came in, they saw the clean floors, and they said, who's your service? We'd like to hire them. They said, service? We don't have no service. We just got that crazy guy over there that keeps cleaning the floors. They said, we want to hire him. And they hired me. And I came to the church. I'm telling you, you're in the right place right now. The recovery center was fine. But just like foster care system, you can age out of the recovery system. But when I came to church, and I came as a custodian, I was behind a mopping bucket, and people were still talking to me. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was having conversations, and people were, like, revealing their deepest secrets to me. And I, I would minister to them. I had the ministry of the mopping bucket. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, this is great. I'm going to retire from this. Just, just let me. And, and the Lord laughed, of course. I founded a nonprofit called um, the Alumni Group. We would go into inner cities and help people out and um, focus on men because the Lord said to me, when you rescue a man, you rescue a family. And I spent all of my energy rescuing men. I, started, I also started a training for them to learn how to clean floors because I just thought that that was just the greatest, right? <laughs> And then I got a call from San Jose, California, that they wanted me to come out and head up the city team men's program. 
the feeding program, the homeless shelter, and the recovery center. And I answered that call, and I came out. And, you know, the Lord was laughing about all that. Yeah, I, I can retire from this. And, because he had a plan. He had a plan. He had a breakthrough that was even bigger than my previous breakthrough. And so I doubled the capacity of the um, recovery center. I doubled the meals that we were serving. And I helped and um, increase the quality of care that our homeless shelter people got. And I enjoyed 13 years of doing that, you know. City team was clean, it was a nice place people would come volunteer. And, um, and then I got in touch with Cathedral of Faith because they brought the, the medical um, part of the program that we were offering for homeless people. And I met Kurt, and, and he invited me to join the board of Reaching Out. <laughs> it was an amazing breakthrough. But I want to get back to our Bible verses. And um, let's look at the Scripture, because there's a couple of things that I discovered. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Nazareth, get up and walk. And I love that scripture, and a lot of people stop there, and I had stopped there for many, many years. But in verse 7, he says, the Bible says, and then he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He lifted him up. And that's what you do here at Cathedral Faith in your feeding programs. All the programs, you lift people up, just like Peter, lift them up. And then a lot of you, if you're anything like myself, you heal. And it says that um, his feet and his ankle bones receive strength. Um, I want to talk to you about how the Lord takes breakthroughs even a step further. So I want to talk to you about a little thing called muscle memory. Everybody know what muscle memory is, right? So there's a description of muscle memory on, on the screen. The ability to reproduce movement without conscious thought, acquire as a result of frequent repetition of that movement. Now I wanted you to look back at verses 8 and 9. And then he leaped, leaping up, stood, walked, entered. He had never did any of these things before. He has no muscle memory of standing, walking, entering. And he had no reason to praise before then. But here he is standing, walking, leaping, and praising. The Holy Spirit can give you that muscle memory. You know, I, you know, I hadn't opened up a book in 30 years, yet I wrote a book. You know how? The Holy Spirit. 
It was the breakthrough that God intended for me. And God has breakthroughs for you. And I tell you, you don't have to have a muscle memory to go where God says to go. Right? Remember a guy named Moses? But I can't talk. <laughs> Just open up your mouth. You know. So I discovered that you don't need certain muscle memory for the Holy Spirit to get in there and help you to do things that you have never did before and that you cannot do on your own. How many of y'all know that there's things that we can't do on our own that with the Holy Spirit we can do? You know, and also, I want to, I just, I want to go back to what you do here at Cathedral of Faith, because breakthroughs sometimes take people, and you're willing to put yourself out there to facilitate breakthroughs through God. And I, that, you know, talking about the cattle grate, if I even thought about coming into a church, those white lines would be right there. And I wouldn't think about coming in church. But this is the most inviting church. I looked out in the courtyard. You got people out in the courtyard praising God. <laughs> you got people in here praising God. You got people in different counties praising God. Cathedral of Faith, you were built for breakthroughs. You were built to facilitate that. You know, this guy danced. Now, I can't dance. The last time I tried to dance was at my wedding, and my wife learned something new about me. <laughs> she literally said to me, you must be the only black man in the planet that has no rhythm and can't dance. How many of y'all know I dance anyway? <laughs> she just moves to the other side of the room. I don't know that guy. <laughs> but I'm going to dance, you know. So if there's anything that I missed talking about that you would like to know, my book is called Made Clean. I will be signing a few in between services, and um, I hope to get to know you better. And I just want to thank Pastor Ken, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Rick, and my good, good friend, Kurt, for allowing me to talk to you. I'm a man that should not have survived what I survived. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, as Charles shared his story about walking into that city team and the man walking over and hugging him and saying, hey, we've been waiting for you. I just felt like today there's somebody here, somewhere on campus or online, that Jesus wants to say that to you. 
I've been waiting for you. God is able to do abundantly above all we can ask or think. And Charles, I'm just going to ask you to speak a prayer of blessing over our church family, those who might be struggling right now. This, if you could speak that blessing over us. Absolutely. So if you want to know Jesus on a deeper level, please come with me into this prayer. Dear God, we are just so grateful for your generosity, Lord. We're grateful for the fact that you've opened up our eyes. We're grateful for the fact that you said stand up and walk. We are so grateful to you, Lord God, and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our hearts that you were rose from the grave for our sake, right here, right now. And Lord God, take us into your kingdom. Show us your way so that we can serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Thanks so much. As Charles said, he'll be out in the foyer after service with his book. If you'd like to stop by and see him, have him sign the book and, and connect with him. What a powerful way to end this series of Breaking Free, amen? But he, here's one of the things that's important. I, I want to sort of teach you what happens at the end of a message. This isn't just so we can hear it and our ears can be tickled and say, oh, isn't that great? Every time we come out of here, we should come out with an action. What is it we need to do? It might be cleaning a bathroom. It might be throwing away cigarettes. It might be something. Maybe today your step is to go pick up this book and read it and give it to a friend. Maybe your step today is to sign up for COF Kids and be willing to serve and touch the next generation. Maybe it's signing up for the, the stars and strides so you can get out and start to bring health to your body. There's an action you need to take. And I just pray that God will give you an action coming out of this series, Breaking Free. What does that look like for me? What does it look like for me? Maybe you're the person who needs to give that hug to someone who says, we've been waiting for you. Lord, I pray that you would give us each the grace and strength to find the right action that you would call us to. Maybe it's our crippled state. We need to rise up and leap and walk and move forward. Maybe it's throwing those cigarettes in the dumpster. Maybe it's like Peter and John saying, hey, we don't have money, but what we have, we give you. Here's God's grace. Here's God's love. Here's God's blessing. Would you help Cathedral continue to be a place where everybody's welcome, and in the midst of that, we speak life and blessing and favor. Lord, I declare that over your people. Bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. Give them your peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.